Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we're all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Yeah, 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 yeah! Y'all may be seated. Five o'clock, y'all looking good? Got your napping, ate your food, got your grubbed on, hopefully changed your fit. If you were sweating in it, praise God. I drove home, switched up the shoes real quick, changed out the shirt, and, uh, and I'm ready to go. Uh, how many of y'all enjoyed service this morning if you were here? Let me see a show of hands. It was incredible. Um, so many different things. I think the last time I was here at Seek Week, uh, God gave me a word. Uh, about somebody who had been dealing with uh, brain tumors, and, uh, and the gentleman came up. And afterwards, I was standing there in the, in, in, the, in the area, and when he came up to me, he says, do you remember me? And, you know, you're like, yeah, what's up, man? <laughs> and, I, and I mean that, like, I remember faces, but I don't remember names. And he says, man, do you remember you prayed for me? Um, I was having severe seizures brain tumor he had it written down and showed me the notes on the day when I came February 10th was the day that I prayed he says do you know that since that moment I have not bit my tongue had any seizures I haven't had anything my head is healed oh come on y'all can do better than that I see you big dog God's still in the miracle business I don't care what people say I don't care what it looks like, God's in the miracle business. The fact that we woke up today, the fact that we're breathing right now is proof and evidence that God is still in the miracle business. And miracles aren't just limited to physical miracles. Miracles can be done in your family. Miracles can be done in your business. Miracles can be done in your job. Miracles can be done uh, personally and uh, where you're at. And so I just want you to know that God is in the miracle business. If you came back, and this is not your first time, you came back because you wanted more. I remember I used to travel and ask God, I said, God, why was there so much revival and miracles that happen in Africa and in these third world countries where you see people lifting up wheelchairs and people lifting up uh, crutches and people shouting. They, the service hasn't even started yet. And people getting healed in the parking lot. Like I'm talking about getting wrecked before service even started. And God spoke to me, says, the reason why this happens is because there's a hunger and a desperation. And there's something about individuals who get hungry for what God has for them. There's something about individuals who are so hungry for the change that God has for them. When you're, see, there's a difference between being, 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 wanting to eat something and feeling snackish and feeling hungry. See, when I'm snackish, you, ah, uh, am I tasting a little Panda Expressy? I'm feeling holy. I want some Chick-fil-A. 
It's Sunday. You heathens, if you're like, I'm going there right now. You don't know Chick-fil-A closed on Sundays. You a heathen. Maybe it's a, the Mexican pizza now that it's back at Taco Bell. Glory to God. Hello. That's my saints right there. So when you feel snackish, you get to pick and choose what you want to nibble on. Oh, but when you're hungry. <laughs> when hunger consumes you, it changes your whole dynamic. See, when you're hungry, your body is telling you that I need something that's going to nourish my body. Your body is letting you know, listen, we're running on empty right now. You, you, you're hungry. You need to get something inside of you. And how many of you know when you're hungry, you ain't choosy? Everything looks like a full course meal. I ain't never killed off some top ramen. It tastes so good. <laughs> Hunger. And I preached a message this morning talking about the power to possess. And I talked about the children of Israel neglecting the promise that God has. And we also talked about what it meant to go after to possess what God has for you. We, we, we talked about uh, the ability for you to inherit your inheritance. And then after you, you, you inherit your inheritance, then you got to move to the second part. You got to put your whole soul into it. You can't wait. You can't be in and out. You got to put your whole soul into it. Number three, we talked about it. You got to kill your giants because there's giants in the land. And lastly, we talked about it. If you were in the first service, you got the fourth point in the third service. You didn't get it, but I said you got to stack your stones. The stones had two, uh, two meanings, and I was reminded of this from a pastor. And he says, man, what's amazing is it wasn't only the stones that they took from one side and stacked it in the middle of the Jordan River, but they took the stones from the river and put it on the other side. And I began to, I remembered, I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. And then I asked myself, man, why would they do it? And I remember when I was in Israel, they, the, the, the rabbi who was with us, we had a Messianic rabbi, he said the reason why they had them stack it in the middle because they weren't just tiny stones, they were big stones that could not be moved. And the reason why is because when it was drought season, the water would go down. And when the water would go down and it would begin to question whether or not God was with them, the sign of the rocks being stacked was evidence that God was with them in the previous season. And so you got to stack your stones. And tonight, I had a part two that I really wanted to share because it's one thing to walk in and possess your promised land. Most of the times we get so excited because we're like, we're going to possess our promise. I'm stepping in it. I'm getting that business. You sign on the dotted line, I'm getting married. And you singing all the marriage songs, here and now. Right? You're just like, <laughs> it's amazing. I felt like Luther. I was just like, little Luther. I just, I was like, yo, 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 we're going to have kids and I'm going to be the best dad in the world. And then right around like 11-ish. I got my daughter with me today, precious. 
I remember in the middle of it when we transitioned into our promised land. Nobody told me what would happen once you possessed it. Everybody talks about the place where you're you're praising, you're jumping, you're shouting, but nobody told me what happens when you get into your promised land. Because I hit a whole nother level of attacking my promised land that I didn't have when I was outside of the land. I had stuff coming up against me that I was like, yo, wait, is this the promised land or am I cursed? Like, what? Because I remember I sacrificed for it, I prayed for it, I, I did all the steps, I inherited my inheritance, I put my whole soul in it, I killed some giants, I stacked my stones, and now I'm in the city where I want, I'm in the calling that I want, I'm traveling around the world like I want, but God, why am I still dealing with assault? And if we don't understand what happens when we're in the promised land, you'll forsake it to go back to Egypt because it seemed like it was less pressure. Because then the children of Israel say, man, yo, we, we should have gone back. We, we should have stayed in Egypt. Like at least we had meat. Meat? Didn't quail fall from the sky? Isn't that meat? Didn't you have manna that fell every day? And what happens is, is we can get so complacent with the blessings of God that anything that looks enticing from the past will forsake the promised land to go back to slavery. See, this is the tension that we deal with when we're trying to understand what it means to walk into the promised land. And if we don't understand the enemy and understand the enemy that's in the promised land, we'll forsake it thinking that we're taking too much shots so we're in the wrong place. And so I want to bring you the text tonight out of Numbers 22, 1 through 6. And I'm reading this so that you understand the background is this was before Joshua took the children into the promised land. This was actually in the book of Numbers when Moses had just started, the the children of Israel started finally getting their act together after 38 years. And now they're coming closer to the promised land because you're acting right. Hello. And as they're coming, you have to understand that God was giving them smaller victories because they were still fighting in the wilderness. And God was giving them smaller victories to prepare them for the Canaanites that were on the other side of the promised land because they were just a little bit bigger. And for most of us, the reason why God is allowing you to fight these little baby fights is because he wants you to know that in your promised land, there's going to be other fights. But even before you step into the promised land and as you possess this, the children of Israel are in this place. And Numbers 22, people are watching them win. People are taking note of them winning and they're getting nervous. In Numbers 22, 1 through 6, it says, And the children of Israel moved and camped in the plains of Moab on the side of the Jordan across from Jericho. 
Now Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was exceedingly afraid of the people because they were many. Moab is the city. And Moab was sick with dread because of the children of Israel. So Moab said to the elders of Midian, now this company will lick up everything around us as an ox licks up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at that time. And then he sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Beor, at Pethor, which is near the river in the land of the sons of his people, to call him, saying, look, a people has come from Egypt See, they cover the face of the earth and are settling next to me. Therefore, please come at once. Curse this people for me. He wasn't even subtle. For they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out of this land. For I know that he whom you bless is blessed and he whom you cursed is cursed. If I had a title for this evening's message... It would be entitled, You Thought. You Thought. Father, I thank you for these moments and these next minutes. Let this word resonate in their heart to show them part two of what happens when they're in the promised land, but also to show them who's behind the promise while they're walking in the land. I pray that this word would be etched on their hearts like tattoos, that you would continue to work into every sinew of their body, that it would be in their fiber, that they are understanding I'm coming into the greatest moment of my life, the greatest moment of history in my business, in my family, for my children, and I will not miss my opportunity to possess what you have for me. So I thank you for this word, and thank you for the deliverance of this word, that it's not me, but it's you moving through me in these moments. In Jesus' name, and everybody who's ready for the word, say, Amen. Amen. Look at somebody and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. In this land, I want you to understand some things that is very powerful. When you step into your promise and when you step into all that God has for you, you see this moment where Balak, who is the king of the Moabites in that moment, is nervous. And so he says, the people around me are so great. I'm watching them take out every enemy that comes up against them. I'm watching them take territory. I'm watching them take land. I'm watching them win. And because I'm getting nervous, I feel like they're going to take everything around me. So I need to put a curse on them because I understand that the source of their power is not only them, it's God. And so I'm not even going to touch them because I understand that their source is supernatural. And there are some people in your life that are watching you take on these victories, and the only way they know you're winning is that it's supernatural. And they're getting nervous, and they're plotting against you while you're in your promised land. There are people, who, I'm just telling y'all straight up, there are people who are plotting against your success as you're stepping into your promised land. There are family members who are looking at you and thinking things and saying things. And if you're not careful, you will say the wrong thing to the wrong person, not knowing that they were never for you in the first place. When people show you who they are, never give them a second chance to prove you wrong. When people show you who they are, believe them. Because sometimes we get to a place, oh no, they're good, I've been with them since grade school, but all of their actions show that they're not for your success, they're plotting against your success. But even in the midst of haters, the first thing I want you to understand, number one, that this text teaches us, 
that there's a man by the name of Balaam. Nobody knows where he came from. People, the scholars, some scholars say that he was a pagan. Some people say that he was just a prophet that time that was during uh, use for hire so they would pay him. Some people said, look, he had an evidence of the living God, so we don't know if he was on the paganistic side. We don't know if he was on the holy side. All we know is he has a reputation that when he says something, it happens. Balaam is a legend that nobody has heard about. Now watch this. The first thing that the text teaches us, and it's very important, is number one, that position can't abort the vision. In verse 9 of 22, Numbers 22, it says, Then God came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? Balaam said to God, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab. He sent to me saying, Look, a people has come out of Egypt and they cover the face of the earth. Come now, curse them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to overpower them and drive them out. This is the king of the Moabites. In other words, he has position. And when you step into a place of your promise, be aware of the people who try to use their position to abort God's vision in your life. The people who have a position may be somebody that you either looked up to in your life. It may be somebody who's in your industry who says, I will destroy you if you come into this area. Somebody looks at you and says, oh, you're never going to be able to step into what you're supposed to step into. Oh, you don't understand. I've been in this situation. I've been in this industry. you got to understand where the economy is going right now. And because of their position, we allow it to cause us to abort our mission. And one of the biggest lessons I learned as I was stepping in to possess my, or my promise that God has for me is sometimes even visionary leaders don't have the vision and the capacity to hold what God has placed in your life. And you will abort something prematurely that God has called to thrive in your life because somebody that you looked at in a high position was not in agreement with God. And so the question I have for you is, which one is your God? Which one is your voice that you listen to? We live in a world now that's divided by a donkey and an elephant. God made them both. God is not concerned with what society is saying. God is not concerned what the economists are saying. God is not concerned with the scientists and what they're saying. Because at the end of the day, God understands that I have the final say. And if God already gave you the cosign and God already told you that it's yours, there is no position on this earth that can abort what God has placed in your life. Are y'all with me tonight? The first thing that we have to understand is that position cannot abort the vision that God placed in your life. God will use the dumb things of this world to confound the, the wise. I remember somebody said to me when I was transitioning, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go and be a coach. This was like 10 years ago. Who are you going to coach? NFL teams, NBA teams, Fortune 500s, uh, CEOs. Um, that's cool and all, but um, don't you have to have accomplished something to do that? And I looked at him. I said, oh, okay. 
I said, but I'm going to step out anyway. And he says, but you don't have the background yet, but I'm going to step out anyway. Watch this. Well, I promise you, I'm giving you a real life issues of what happens when you step into your possession of your promise. He goes, man, what are you going to do? You're relaunching your practice in the middle of COVID? Do you understand that we're in a recession? I said, God's not. That went right over your head. Do you understand that God does not become less blessed by blessing you? Do you realize that God's resource never runs out in your life? That's why I got the book, Buy the Dang Coffee. That's not my testimony. That's principles. Testimony will encourage you, but principles will change your life. And when we tap into these principles that no position can abort the vision that God has for your life, you'll walk with a different type of swagger. You'll walk with a confidence in your life to know that he's with you wherever you go. Man doesn't give me my confidence. Society doesn't give me my confidence. Before I come up here and get an amen from you, I've already gotten in my spirit from God. You got to have an amen in your spirit when you go to sign that business. You better have an amen in your spirit when you sign that marriage certificate. You better have an amen in your spirit when you start preparing for your children, preparing for your house, building your business. Why? Because God's resource never runs out. So number one, you have to understand that position can't abort the mission. He was a man of power who made all the threats and looked like he had the appearance that he could derail the children of Israel's future. But look what verse 12 says right after. He, God says, yo, who's that with you? Oh, yeah, that's the king. Okay. Yeah, he wants me to curse the children of Israel so that he can overpower them. Look what God says. And God says to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are So the position gave the appearance that he had power. But God shut the man down in his tracks and says, you can't curse them because I've blessed them. Which leads me to my second point is that God will silence all alliances against your life. Y'all better be writing these notes down. Numbers 22.7, Balak didn't just try to get Balaam to help him. He got the Midianites to pitch in because they found out the victory that was happening. So here's the second thing you need to know when you're stepping into God's promise. People will team up against you to try to destroy what God has put in your life. I'm just giving you things so that you're not taken back. When it happens, that when you see it happening, you're going to be like, oh, Pastor Jeff preached about this. I'm good. That God will silence all alliances against your life, against your relationship, against your marriage, against your business. Listen to what, look at what the text says. The text says, so the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the diviner's fee in their hand, and they came to Balaam and spoke to the words to him. 
Do you understand? They have the money <laughs> to pay for the demise of Israel. They had money. They had wealth. They had opulence and teamed up together to try to destroy them. People will come together with their resources to try to destroy what God has placed in your life. Don't be surprised. It's here in the Bible. And I want you to look at what happens. Because even after that, they go to him and they say, Okay, nevertheless, we want you to go ahead and curse them anyway. So they say, yo, we're going to come with you. And so Balaam says, okay, why don't you come with me? I'll set up all the altars. You guys light up all the stuff that you want to light up, and, and, and I'm going to go and consult for God for y'all. So he looked, Balaam says, it says, the text says, and theologians say that they began to examine his heart because he was more concerned about the fee they were going to pay him than the actual fact that he was cursing Israel. And there are some people who will sell you out because of the fee that they think they're going to receive. Because of the opportunity that it looks like to help them out. But they didn't realize that the verse before said that you can't curse them because they are blessed. I want you to get that in your spirit. Just let it marinate for a minute. So he sets it all up. He goes to them the first time. And he comes back the next day, and they're like, okay, here we go. It's going to happen. And when they come back, he goes, so what's the word of the Lord? The word of the Lord said that not only are the children of Israel still blessed, but he's going to cause their numbers to increase. Now, I'm not like a massive theologian. And I'm not the necessarily smartest dude in the room. But the last time I checked, when you curse somebody, it doesn't mean multiplication. <laughs> I could be wrong. But they paid a price to see the demise of the children of Israel. And they thought it would cause their demise, but God says you can't curse them because they're and not only are they blessed, but when you came in and tried to team up against them, you know, a little tag team action, a little WWE action. Not only did you pay a price and waste your time, but I'm going to use this prophet, this man, to speak a blessing over their life that would expedite the, that would expedite the season that they're in and multiply their life. Can I tell you that there are people around you that are trying to come together? They're trying to pay a price. They're doing whatever it takes to cause your demise. But because you are blessed, God says, I will use their cursing and multiply your life and multiply your business and multiply your peace. Oh, my God, I feel this. Because you're what? Because you're blessed. Because you're blessed. Because you're blessed. I want you to get this in your spirit. Because you're blessed. Because your marriage is blessed. 
Because your home is blessed. Because your finances is blessed. Because your health is blessed. What God wants to do in your life, nobody can take it from you no matter how strong the alliance seems. Are y'all with me? I got two more points. My goal is that this settles in your spirit because if you listen and you grab this, this will be the difference between you going around the same thing again and again and again and you breaking out of it. There's a difference between seasons and cycles. And I heard this, I was at a conference, Dr. Darius Daniels preached on this. It was so oily. He said there's a difference between seasons and cycles. Seasons are summer, fall, winter, and spring. Those are seasons. Seasons change. Cycles don't. And the biggest challenge that we have as believers, I want you to hear me online as you watch, and I ain't forgot about y'all, is that be careful what you're calling a season when it's actually become a cycle. Be careful what you say, oh, we're just in a season of hardships. Well, how long you been in this season? 15 years. No, that's a cycle. How long have you had this business? Oh, we've had it for about 12 years. How long have you not been seeing growth? For 12 years. No, no, no. Honey, you're not in a season of a drought. You're in a cycle of drought. And when something is cyclical, that means it's a wheel. It means that it's, it's perpetuating the same movement and motion over and over and over again. In order for you to break it, you have to break the cycle. See, what I'm trying to teach you tonight is that there's cycles of poverty that go into our thinking when we go to possess what God wants us to have. And the cycles get started when you're younger. And all we do throughout life is we take moments that become the spokes that reinforce the wheel and the cycle of dysfunction. And what I'm trying to get you to understand tonight with these principles is that I want you to break out of the cycle so you can step into your new season. Oh, y'all with your boy. And the best thing about seasons is when you come into your promised land, you get to be okay with understanding that I'm in a season. And when you understand that you're in a season... That means that you can be okay when people are judging you because oftentimes people are judging you in your winter because they're in their summer. But they don't understand seasons. And they don't understand you may be in summer. Oh, but your fall is coming. And your winter is coming. And you are not even living for God and you're judging me, but you don't understand what God is building in me. Because you are blessed. Is this helping anybody? I want to bring these points because I want you to catch this. Not only will God silence 
the alliances that come up against you while you are taking territory. The third thing I want you to understand is when God blesses it, no curse can reverse it. Oh, that's a good place to shout right there. Numbers 23, 19 through 20 says this. God, okay, hold on. Let me give you this context real quick. We quote this scripture all the time. And we don't even know the context of what this scripture came into. So Balak is asking Balaam to curse the children of Israel and he comes back with a blessing. He says, nah, bro, you got to go back again. He says, all right. Balaam says, okay. I'm going to go back again. He goes back a second time. He goes back the second time and he comes back and he's like, yo, what did God say? He says this. Numbers 23, 19 through 20 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent, as in he made a mistake. Has he said? Has he said? And will he not? Has I'm making sure my, gla- my, my glass is a little foggy right now because the heat. Has That's very good, class. right now who said it because the text says has he said in other words when you look at the promise that God gave you in your life the question I have for you is who said it who said it who said you would have your empire who said it who said you would have your healing who said it who said you would have a healed marriage who said it who said that your children would walk in the ways of the Lord who said not she not them not they but he said so not only has he said and will who who's gonna do it who's gonna do it I'm sorry my ears are a little clogged right now the allergies who said it who's gonna do it So when you look at your life and your business, the growth in your business, the marriage in your life, the success of your life, the core of your life, nobody on this earth is going to have the ability to do it but God. Woo! And if he said it, will he not? You want to know what your cosign and your confirmation is? 
is that he's not a man that he should lie. See, the beautiful thing about Jesus is Jesus had the opportunity to hop into his divinity in one moment and his humanity in the next moment. When Jesus gives a promise, he's making the promise from his divinity. Oh, come on, I want y'all to catch this. Don't, don't let me lose you. When he makes a promise, he's making the promise from his divinity, which is his God, which is him, which is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So when Jesus gives us a promise that everything in Christ Jesus is yes and amen, that's not coming from the man side of him. That's coming from the divinity side of him, which means it's as good as done. Why? Watch this, watch this. Because God is not a man that he should lie. Why? Because men lie. And you will always be let down when you are relying on men and people to be your assurance and not God. Oh, that was worth it. Boy. And most of us are being let down because we placed our trust in, we've made man our source and not God. Has he not said it and will he not do? Watch it, it doesn't stop there. Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Behold, check it out. Look, I told you the first time Now I'm going to tell you the second time. I have received a command to. He has blessed. He has blessed. And I cannot. You better praise God, brother. Because it doesn't matter what anybody says about your life or what they did when God gives a command to bless your life. No demon in hell can reverse it. No statistic can reverse it. No economy can reverse it. If you are blessed, you are blessed indeed. Where my blessed people at? Where my blessed people at right now? He says, listen, even if I wanted to, I know how much money you paying me. But God said it the first time. God said it the second time. Oh, you want me to go back a third time? Okay. So he goes back a third time. Because Balak is bent on trying to curse the children. Of God, but he's still not getting it in his head that they are blessed. They're blessed. And so the fourth and final port, the point, y'all can hop on the keys. Fourth and final point right here.
oh, you thought it was this, but it's that. That don't make any sense. That's a weird point. (laughs) Oh, you thought it was this, but it's that. You thought this was going to happen, but it was that. Oh, you thought this was the place where your story was going to end. But it was that. Oh, you thought that they had the power to destroy your life. You thought it was this? But you didn't know that it was that. He goes back a third time. And tries to curse and say, God, what you want me to say to him? God not only gives them a promise, but he gives them a promise. The promise was so long for the sake of the text, I didn't even put it in the message. You just got to read it for yourself in Numbers 22 and 23. Put it this way. The blessing was so in detailed. By the time that Balaam was done, He said, oh my God, my prayer is that I would be able to die within this promise like they get to die in this promise. Watch what he says though. He tells Balak this promise. And Balak thinks that God is going to change his mind about what he said. And he says the whole promise, and look what the text says. Then Balak's anger was aroused against Balak. Watch this. And he struck his hands together. Pow! And Balak said to Balaam, I called you to curse my enemies. And look. (laughs) I called you to curse my enemies and look you have bountifully blessed them these you have blessed them three times I set up everything around to cause their downfall but you blessed them three times I offered you all the money that you can take but you bless them three times. I'm a man of power and you don't understand my allegiance. I asked you to curse them, but you bless them three times. One, two, three different times. Oh. You thought that Balaam was here to curse the children. Pastor Brenda, I'm trying, girl. You see, I'm prophesying that right there. You thought Balaam was in your life to curse you. I'm going to say it over here. You thought the troubles in your promised land were there to curse you. 
You thought the arguments and the dissension in your marriage was there to curse you. You thought the trouble in your life as a parent that you're having with your children were there to curse you. You thought it was this. But God said that the trouble in your life was there to multiply the blessing that I had on your life. The dissension in your marriage was there to bless your marriage because how can you celebrate a good time if you've never had a bad time? You thought your child being wayward was you being cursed, but God says how can you celebrate their growth if you've never seen a stunting season? You thought it was this? But it was that. The devil thought that prison was going to destroy me. He thought that me being abused as a boy was going to destroy me. He thought me being abandoned was going to destroy me. He thought me having to dig through trash cans to provide for my family was going to destroy me. But he didn't know that every time I woke up, and every time I stepped foot, I put my soul in it. And he didn't know that every hard season in my life would give me the stickability to know if God did it once, he'll do it again. You can't curse me because I'm... Yeah. Woo! So come at me if you want to, devil. You can't touch me because I'm... Come at my marriage if you want to, but you can't touch us because we're... Come at my business if you want to, but you can't touch it because I'm blessed. You're blessed. Did you hear what I just said? Young people, you're blessed. When everybody else is struggling, trying to get into colleges of their choice, do you understand the anointing of God is already on your life? You're blessed. You're blessed. What gave me the ability to stand in my darkest hours, I was under the impression that I was blessed. You thought it was this. They thought it was this. But God said, no, 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 it was that. It was that. See, Earl and his wife, Ikea, I told him the second service, they moved out here from Virginia a couple weeks ago because God told them to move. They didn't have it all together. They got three beautiful boys. He's in the service, incredible entrepreneurs. They're incredible entrepreneurs, incredible speaker. I got to speak on stages with them at some companies. He said, y'all moving from Virginia. I said, to where? He said, Merida. I said, you mean Murrieta? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Man, why are you moving out there? I don't know. I just feel like that's where I'm called to be. Amen. Watch this. Wait, 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 wait. I'm, 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 I got to bring this home. I said, okay, dope. Where you stay? Did you find a place? He said, man, this market is crazy. I'm trying to find a place, but all I know is that we got to be there. So they've been living in a hotel with their three boys. Still doing work. Still building his business. And I said to him, yo, bruh, it's so crazy you out here. I'm going to be at a church service. Why don't you come? 
I'd have been speaking on stages and he'd been there. He's like, yo, we got to connect. I was like, yeah, okay, bro. Didn't even connect with him. Every time he saw me, yo, bro, when are we going to connect? I mean, I'm on the road, we're going to connect. And he was persistent. I said, bro, why don't you come as my guest, man? Come rock with your boy, you and your beautiful wife. So he came. He came and they left this morning from their hotel believing that God had called them here and didn't know that when they left for the hotel, never complained. They never complained. They thought that they were just coming to a church service to hear a friend speak. You thought it was this. But when I told their story second service, they had some families walk up to them. Yeah. They said, hey, um, I think we got an opportunity for you. The little boy, she said, man, I was looking at one of the places, and the little boy goes, mommy, is that going to be our house? She goes, I believe it is. Because I'm possessing my. See, what you thought was this. Because of your obedience, God said, nah, 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 it was. See, we never know what's on the other side of our obedience. So here's what I want to do. I love you playing. I pray God anoints them fingers even more. I want everybody to stand on your feet. I said that this Sunday night I did a part two because I truly believe that some of y'all thought service was supposed to be about this. And God said, no, nah, it's about that. Some of y'all showed up and y'all like, man, I got work in the morning. Basketball ain't on. Football ain't on. I don't know if there's any golf tournaments on. It's all off. But you thought you came just to see another funny brother up on the stage. You thought it was this. But God said it's that. Do you realize that God doesn't move off of a, I tell people God does not move off of a, a prophetic clock. God doesn't move off of a clock, like a clock. God moves off of a prophetic timetable. There's a difference between a clock and a timetable. A clock is how long you've been in something. A timetable is about when a specific event occurs. And sometimes we miss God because we've been concerned more about how long we've been in something rather than waiting for the right event to take place in your life. Look at the Bible. In the year of our Lord and King so-and-so. That's not a timetable. That's an event. Just go through the Bible. You see it's notified by events that take place. 
in the season or in the, in the Feast of Tabernacles. In the, it's an event. So here's why I'm telling you guys this. I don't want you, I'm, 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 I'm telling you, I want you to hold on for a couple more minutes. You didn't come here just to hear an encouraging message. This is a prophetic event on the timetable of your life. I feel the presence of God right now. And God has sent me to accelerate what the enemy has tried to hold back from you. We are in a season of massive acceleration right now. What people thought was this was that. This is why God is looking for kingdompreneurs. Who are saying, God, I will build my business because we've got work we need to do. God, I'm going to step into this realm because there's work that needs to be done. We need to expand what needs to be expanded. And so God, choose me to be a kingdompreneur. There are people who are in fields that you're looking for promotions and we've missed it that you're already blessed so we're coming in timid into things that God says I need you to come boldly into. You can't be timid and take territory. Excuse me, um, Satan, I was wondering if you could just kindly take your hands off my family. Um, yeah, I know you've had this space for like, I don't know, hundreds of years, but, you know, I believe that God has called me to take it back. So you think uh, you can help me out? You can't be timid against somebody that wants your demise. And there's been a spirit of timidity over the church for far too long. That we are called to take territory because the kingdom of God needs it. That there are kings and queens who have been called to reign in your spaces. There are kings and queens that have been called to reign in your city. And I have to give this to you because if you miss it, you're going to miss this moment. It's not church as usual. It's church unusual. I know it ain't seek week, but I got to give you this. Because I would be out of obedience if I didn't step into this. There are those of you who are saying, God, I need an expediting of my future. I've been held for too long. I've been slowed down for too long because I believe the lie of the enemy that said that I was stuck because I missed it. Can I tell you that nothing has ever gone in the kingdom just misplaced? So you've misplaced your trust within the kingdom of God. So you got to get it back. So here's what I want. I, I, I feel it. If you know that you are in a season, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you are taking territory, building your house, occupying space in your marriage, and you are in a season of possessing your land, and you're saying, today, I need a breakthrough. Notice what, not even just a breakthrough, a breakout. See, it's not just enough for us to break through. We get happy with the breakthroughs. But when you break out, nothing can stop you. So if that's you, I feel compelled to pray. So I want you to come to the front right now. I want you to flood these altars. Come on, you need a breakthrough. You need a season. I'm just going to pray over you. This is powerful. One of the most powerful moments of your life. Don't try to look cute. 
You got a business. You got a life that you're trying to build. You've been in a season where you're possessing your promise. Come on, feel this area over here. You can come on over here. Feel it. You got a marriage that you're trying to get in point. You got some kids that you need to stand in the gap. We got space over here. No, no, no. Y'all don't get it. This is your moment. This is your moment. This is your moment. God is going to expedite your life. This is your moment. God is going to give you what you need. This is your moment. And if you can't even make it, I'm going to blast you all the way in the back. This is your moment. From the children's ministry to you online, this is your moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been stuck for far too long. This is your moment. The fight is not an indication that you're in the wrong space. The fight is the indication that the enemy knows what's on the other side of that victory. This is your moment. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to envision that thing or those things that have been holding you back. Get a picture of it. If it's a person, if it's a position, if it's ordinances, if it's red tape, somebody's been trying to build something and you've been getting red tape like crazy. If it's not one thing, it's another thing. They tell you to fix this, you go fix it and they bring something back up. You say, I want to expand in this area. And if it's one thing, they say, no, it's not that. And they keep changing it up on you. There's these people that just keep changing things up at the last minute because they don't want you to be there. This is the season that God says, I'm cutting the red tape. If you're in an industry where people are saying, you know what, you need to know all of these people and you need to sell out your standards for you to be successful. Can I tell you something? Somebody needs to hear these words, hold your standards. Hold your standards. I know it looks like you may lose money. God says, hold your standards. I know it looks like you're going to lose some things. Hold your standards. I know it seems like the world is coming up against you. You got vision fatigue. You got standard fatigue. God says, hold your standards. And some of you have been worried about how long you've been in it. Today is the day that you will see the hand of God move so fast in your life. I feel it. God's hand is going to move so fast in your life. You are going to look at where you are a month from now and say, God, I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you moved it. I've been silent in it. Nobody knows it, but God says, I know every tear that you've ever cried out of your eyes and I've held it. He says, I will use your tears to water the garden of your victory. God says, your time of healing is now. Your time of deliverance is now. Now, that's your word, now. You don't have to wait any longer, it's now. God said it's now. So here's what we're going to do. Everybody lift your hands, lift your hands. Come on, I know you had your hands up for a long time. I'm going to say a prayer over you. Remember I told you to envision that thing that's holding you back? The Bible says that when the children of Israel shouted at the wall of Jericho, the walls came down. And what you don't understand is that your worship is your warship. Did you hear what I just said? Your worship is your warship. So this is your moment right now. Are you ready? I'm going to pray a blessing of expediting over your business. And because the Lord has blessed you, you are blessed indeed. Did you hear what I just said? Has he not said it and will he not? 
So, Father, right now in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray over every person that's represented in this room right now, every person that has made a promise and a decision to step out in faith, Lord, and I release a supernatural expediting of their life right now, that right now will serve as a prophetic timetable of when their life has been changed. Let them mark it on their calendar. June 26, 2022 was the moment that our freedom came, was the moment that we not only had a breakthrough, but we had a breakout. Father, right now, in in the mighty name of Jesus, I come against every plan of the enemy that has been designed to cause them to fail, and I speak that they are blessed, and they are blessed indeed. Someone say indeed. Father, I thank you that they are blessed indeed. I thank you that they are free indeed. Somebody needs to touch your mind because God says I'm breaking that thinking right now. Some of y'all need to touch your heart because you've been disheartened and God says I'm breaking that right now. And you guys need to speak life over yourself because you're free indeed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak it done. I speak it done. Every block that has been assigned against their life, that you would give them a belong that would speak your truth, that you would give them a belong to speak over their life like never before in the mighty name of Jesus. Now watch this. Watch this. Here it is. We're going to be done in the worship team. going to do their thing. Watch, 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 watch this. Catch this. Do you realize that Balaam was a pagan? Which means God don't need somebody who's Christian to bless you. God will use whoever he needs to use to bless you. So don't get so stuck on seeing it one way that you miss God wanting to come another way. God is going to do the unusual to get you your promise. So on the count of three. I want you to envision that thing, those things, whether it's anger, whether it's depression, whether it's lust, whether it's lack, whether it's hold, whether it's small thinking, whatever it is, I want you to envision on the count of three, I want you to shout at that wall like it's coming down because it's coming down today. Some of y'all need to shout and do a shout that's been pent up for years. Don't give no cute shout. The cute shouts don't get your walls to fall. Let it be ugly. Let it be a shout of freedom and victory. Are y'all ready? One, I want you to envision that right now. Two, when you shout, you're shouting your way to, th uh, to victory. One, two, three. Give God that shout right now.